time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. Happy holidays to everybody out there. Whatever holiday you celebrated this past weekend, I don't want to assume that people celebrate uh, uh, probably the most important holiday of all time, uh, the great holiday of Easter. I don't want to assume my, my listeners, I, I don't want to offend my listeners here in, uh, in April, uh, you know, just assuming. Again, I, I respect everyone and I do want to say happy holidays uh, to everyone out there, um, instead of, uh, anything specific. That's just, uh, and yes, that's how stupid it sounds in December, everybody. Happy Easter to everyone out there. Happy Passover, uh, happy holidays. If that's what floats your boat, happy springtime. Uh, here we are 2022. Uh, what a weekend it was the Holy, the Holy weekend. Is that what they call it? The Holy week. Um, just uh, a lot of great celebrations all around. It was a lot of fun seeing everybody, um, on social media with uh, dressing up, right? You know, I think moms do a little extra work on Easter weekend, putting uh, putting the time in. They 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 not they don't just seem to be dressing the kids out there. They're also j- dressing a lot of the dads I, out there. I think my buddies and some of my uh, my peers, I, I can tell. I'm like, okay, I think I think mom had something to do with the uh, the wardrobe here. But hey, I digress. Everyone looked sharp. Everyone looked like they were having a great time celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ uh, this weekend uh, on Sunday. Uh, he has risen indeed. And, um, you know, Easter weekend's funny. It's, it's, it's kind of like, it's this great holiday, right? It's, it's what Christianity is based off of. Um, but it's interesting that it's like this holiday that's just kind of there. There's not really a season. There's not this you almost, it's never set on a specific day. We know it's Sunday, of course, but it's always just, just like, oh, it's this weekend. Like, yeah, it's this weekend. And, and honestly, growing up, I didn't do a whole lot on Easter. We obviously did the sunrise service with Real Hondo Prep. And uh, my brother, Sam, and I always had McDonald's breakfast. And that, uh, that started because the sunrise service breakfast, there was a line, the food wasn't, you know, it was kind of cold. So my mom, and she's like, hey, let's get out of here. And so we ended up going to McDonald's breakfast one Easter morning, and we kind of kept that tradition going for a while. Uh, and, it, and it just, hey, on, on the day the Lord has risen, you, you eat up a little more, right? And I got to tell you this, guys, this weekend, I, I fell into, uh, ironically, I fell into some serious temptation. Because if there is a holiday that is based more around candy uh, or, uh, than, than Halloween uh, or, or a close second place, it is Easter. I mean, for crying out loud, we, we do a pretty good job around here not having candy uh, sweets around the house. It's just, you know, they're bad for you. It's not, it's, it's supposed to be a special thing. Well, um, Valerie was out doing something Saturday with a friend and I was like, okay, she like, you know, I'm going to surprise her. Oh, let's, let's get some Easter candy. It's not Easter until you got some candy in here, right? So I was like, I got to find those hard shell uh, Cadbury eggs. I actually had looked in grocery stores and hadn't seen any. And a couple of the grocery guys were like, yeah, we haven't, you know, we haven't seen, uh, seen this. Um, it's, uh, you know, the shortage and, and this and that. I don't understand why all that is, but we'll get to that. Um, so I was just kind of giving up. And then 
I was like, let me go to the store. I got to get some real eggs anyway. Uh, Cause we had a nice little meal on Sunday, some eggs, some ham, just ooh, good stuff. And um, so let's look for this, this candy went down the, the first candy aisle. I was like, okay, there's none there. I was like, I bet you there's an Easter aisle at this Rite Aid. And I, sure enough, I walked down and boom, there it was candy everywhere. And I had honestly forgot how big candy is at Easter. Uh, uh, second of course, of course, to the, uh, the resurrection of our Lord and savior. Um, but you had, uh, the Whitman's, that candy sample that you only see at Easter time, the Cadbury eggs, of course, the the, the hollow chocolate bunny. Uh, it felt like we always got one of those every year. Those those never lasted uh, very long. They die. Those poor rabbits died a, a quick death. And then um, the Reese's, uh, just the Reese's peanut butter cup, but in the shape of an egg. So uh, yeah, I was just like, well, I don't always, uh, I don't always dive into this uh, activity but if you're going to get wet you might as well go swimming right so i've made a few purchases there brought them home valerie was happy and uh, away we went so way too much candy over the weekend that's all i'm going to say cadbury eggs they're addicting um yeah i, I even came home today before the podcast I was like, let me grab a few more of these i'm like this is why temptation we, we put aside temptation out of sight out of mind maybe it's in your mind still if you don't see it but I think with all sin, if you see it, you're more than likely to struggle, to, to fail, right? It's, there's, enough, there's enough things going on in our minds. There's enough cravings, candy, chocolate cravings, other bad cravings going on in the mind where thinking it is one thing. But if you, if you throw in the visual also, seeing it and having it at arm's length, now you're just begging for sin. And on Easter Sunday, I mean, ah, so I failed, guys. I, I absolutely failed. I, I, I look at it, I'll try to look at it another way. It was, I overindulged. I, it was too much celebrating. How about that? Too much celebrating Easter Sunday with way too much candy and um, specifically chocolate. And I'm like, wow, this, this is no surprise. October and Easter, both about six months apart and uh, maybe seven, depending where it, li- where it lies. But it's no surprise. R- roughly six months apart, you get two times a year where you just go crazy on, on the candy. Thankfully, there's no Thanksgiving and Christmas after Easter like there is after after uh, uh, Halloween. So if you're gonna if you're gonna get after the candy, uh, I think those are the two times a year. It's okay, right? It's okay. One uh, revolves around uh, demons and death and and evil, and another revolves around light and the resurrection of our Lord. Maybe maybe there's an irony there. Those are the two big candy holidays of the year. I've already spent enough time on this rant more time than I thought I would. So anyway, uh, happy holidays to everyone out there here. Uh, and uh, also, you know what, uh, what I found this, well, there's two quotes I want to share from you from the weekend for you guys. I'm all over the place today. I'm bouncing around. I told you I got some sports topics, but I got all kinds of little topics. And for you guys that consistently tune into the Tuesday edition of the podcast, I do thank you. I know that uh, you're either probably bored or you're just thinking, what's Matt? going to say stupid today and and put his foot in his mouth. I get it. I get it. However, you're supporting the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And I try to keep these under an hour for sure on Tuesdays, because I know you guys have valuable time. Anyway, um, inflation continues to rise so much. Inflation is so high that even free speech costs a little bit of money, if you know what I mean. And we'll get to that in a second. Where's my rim shot? I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Two quotes from the weekend. One was from a, well, not a fictional character, but a a real life character, a depiction 
of a real life character. And uh, he's been getting a lot of grief in this. I told you guys about the HBO miniseries Winning Time. And it's about the Showtime Lakers. And they didn't call the show Showtime because it's kind of rival with Showtime, the channel. So that's why it's Winning Time. Anyway, uh, it's basically rated R. So for those people out there uh, who are thinking, oh, that that sounds good. Just keep in mind, it's some pretty heavy uh, content in there. But one of, uh, and Jerry West is portrayed quite in a negative way. That's all I'll say. Um, For those of you watching the show, you understand this. But the Lakers find the 1980 Lakers, they finally make their first trip to Boston, the Boston Garden, and you get your first taste of the rivalry. They're getting yelled at at the airport, called everything, this and that. Uh, Norm Nixon, the veterans, they're talking about, yeah, what going to Boston is like and how bad it is. And uh, they're riding from the airport to the hotel. And Jerry West looks out the window. Now, keep in mind, I don't think this was ever said, but if someone ever did say this as an L.A. sports fan whose job it is to despise uh, Boston. I know they got great history and everything, uh, but it is, it is our duty as LA sports fans to hate Boston and New York for that matter, but specifically Boston uh, in this story. And they're driving, it's a cold rainy day, right? Uh, just after New Year's sometime in January. And Jerry West looks out the window. <laughs> Again, a depiction of him. I don't know if he ever said this, but I cried laughing for about three minutes. Jerry West looks out the window and he says, Paul Revere, should have slept in and let the British burn this hellhole to the ground. <laughs> I am I am among the most patriotic people there are. I, I love what Paul Revere did. The, the Revolutionary War, uh, the true patriots, all those guys on the East Coast and then throughout our country, our young, the birth of our nation. I thought that line was absolutely hilarious. Because <laughs> if you're a Laker fan, I, and I, and I, I still am, I, I refuse to support them. Um, ever since LeBron showed up and I haven't had to support much. I, I haven't missed much. That's for sure. Uh, not too many playoff victories since LeBron's James has come into town, but it's a separate story. I'll come back. Right. She's, you know, the Lakers, they just, they don't, they don't want my, they don't want me right now. And um, maybe someday we'll come, come back around. But I thought that was hilarious. Jerry West, the great one, uh, fictional quote, I'm sure. But in the show, I just, I couldn't stop laughing. I go, that is the best quote I've probably ever heard. Paul Revere should have slept in and let the British burn this hellhole to the ground. <laughs> that should sum up the Lakers-Celtics rivalry, or at least what once was. And um, I do have an admission. Um, I try to be honest with you. I already talked to you guys about sinning on Easter Sunday. And by sinning, I mean eating too much candy, uh, falling into temptation. There was a little more temptation that I would say a temptation. I just, I, I, I don't know. I, again, I was, I, I, what, what's the old, what's the saying? I was, uh, emotionally not ready. I was just, um, flipping the TV and I got, I got to be honest. I paused briefly, very briefly on an NBA playoff game or two. Didn't watch, but I did happen to see that Celtics, uh, buzzer beater, uh, right as I was flipping channels. And I went, Oh, and even that sickened me as a, as a non NBA fan right now, uh, as, as I've kind of been boycotting that whole thing, but as I'm flipping channels, I saw that. And it was almost like that foreshadowed the big Boston LA episode I saw later that night. And so even though I'm not watching NBA, I'm not watching the rooting for the Lakers right now, um, to see Boston hit a buzzer beater in a playoff game. Oh, it, it gave me the, heebie-jeebies the willy it 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 hurt it sickened me again i can be 
I, I can, I can, I told a friend this, I said, you like, I don't have to root for the Dodgers, but I can still hate the giants that will never change. So that was something from Sunday. And, and I, I've, I've seen games on the TV before or walked into a break room at work or something, but I did pause for a second to see that final 10 seconds. And it just, I said, this is God telling me you broke your streak of, of watching the NBA. And this is how I'm going to repay you a Boston Celtics buzzer beater. Ah, sorry. I didn't say no swearing on this episode. I just, I just cussed big time boss. Those Boston Celtics. Anyway, so this is just a taste of Sunday. Uh, after that, I said, nope, no more. Turned it off. I said, I'm watching the USFL, which I will get into in a second. The second great, great quote from the weekend came from my lovely girlfriend, Valerie. Uh, it was Sunday again, a lot of, a lot of Easter activity here. We didn't really go anywhere or see friends or family or anything. Um, but <laughs> she's, she's so patient with me. I go, uh, I got it up. Uh, she was watching some, I don't know, some, I can't keep up with her shows. There's nothing that I would watch. Uh, oh no, it was, uh, you know, what was on, she was watching Hamilton, which is actually pretty good and uh, good, great music. Um, I have seen it before with her. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty catchy. It's uh, it's pretty good, but she was watching that. And so I had, as I have my other TV, right. You guys have seen in the living room. I had, uh, I, I put it usually side by side, but what I did it for this occasion, cause I was in the kitchen, I flipped it around. So I'm watching, I'm watching the, you know, she's seeing the back of the TV. I'm seeing the front and she's watching her show. Anyway, long story short, uh, I got an update on my phone of an ejection in a baseball game on Saturday, the day before in the uh, Tennessee game, Tennessee, uh, the SEC uh, college baseball game. So I flipped it on and I saw what happened and uh, I was like, oh man, what, what led to this? And so uh, I happened to know the umpire who was involved. And so I went to ESPN plus and uh, went to re- cause it was like the first inning. So I went to rewatch the beginning of that game and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I just, uh, I, I just real quick, got to watch uh, something from a game that happened yesterday. And she rolled her eye and she goes, Oh, great. Now you're watching games from yesterday. <laughs> you're watching games from yesterday now. And I chuckled. I'm like, you know what? Touche. Uh, that, that's a good point. It's for simple highlight purpose. And there was plenty of uh, games to still be watched, but yeah, she, that was only a, a quote from someone who's, who's been around me uh, a long time and can understand that. Oh, you're that guy. So uh, we later were watching shows and we both agreed that this, the, one of the worst inventions ever, probably a good one too, is the whole automatically play play next episode on, you know, Netflix or Hulu, whatever you're watching. It's just like, you'll never get up. If you don't physically say no, enough is enough. It's an awful invention. Th- those guys are, they came up with something, but, uh, but, but good for them. Uh, the, um, the uh, net the, so the big tech people right big tech big tech can do no wrong so um the news broke today apparently a judge in florida uh, uh has declared uh, no to the mass mandates on airplanes and airports still in the works here on monday the um 18th of april but keep an eye out for those traveling a lot that uh we may not have masks in airports any longer here very very soon i think it's um i should say mandatory masks uh, or highly suggested, uh, highly encouraged mass. Uh, again, any human being, I, I believe in, in, in a right to bear arms and a right to, uh, to bear faces as well. But uh, if, you, if you should so feel inclined, and you, you, I, I am all for uh, self-defense and protecting yourself, 
if you want to wear a mask, by all means, you, sh you should be able to. Uh, I think uh, no one should take that right from you. But it, again, that is your right. That is, you know, the, uh, the, the shall not be infringed. I know I'm tying in two separate things there, but that's just uh, something that came across today just as I started to record. So I thought I found that quite interesting. Um, I think we're, <laughs> it seems that way anyway, that we're slowly uh, getting closer to, uh, what's that word? Normal. Uh, and again, who knows if we'll ever be normal. Um, but uh, let's see a couple other things here. Okay. Um, I want to say something about uh, a big day in Major League Baseball every single year. Uh, it comes around right after the beginning of the season. I think it's uh, absolutely wonderful. And it's something I thought about as I was watching uh, the Dodger game Friday night on uh, this Friday night baseball on Apple TV, by the way, is so bad. The broadcast team is atrocious. Apple, I know you do watch as well. And I don't know, iPad, whatever you guys do. You don't do baseball well, specifically your broadcasts. Clean it up. And there's talk of Apple getting involved in the NFL. and all, it, It's so bad. Just because someone wants to be a broadcaster doesn't mean they get to. Can we pick the best people for the jobs, please? Oh, I know that sounds so foreign, but anyway, watching the Dodger game and it's Jackie Robinson day in major league baseball. Everyone wears number 42, uh, honor the legacy of, uh, Mr. Jackie Robinson and, uh, breaking the color barrier in baseball. Uh, just a, a great day. Always nice to look back on, uh, on that achievement. And, uh, I actually had on the UCLA and the Dodger game, UCLA's, uh, versus Stanford, great series this weekend. Uh, two top 25 teams playing. So I had that game on. And, and again, that's uh, UCLA plays at Jackie Robinson uh, Stadium there in Westwood. So I had kind of both games honoring, uh, as everybody did across baseball, but I had both games on and, and was watching kind of little ceremonies and the things they would do. And um, th this is something I actually knew, but they posted something about Jackie Robinson uh, that he hit. Uh, he was a four sport athlete at UCLA, right? Football, basketball, baseball, and track. And uh, in baseball, an 097 hitter, hands down, baseball was his worst sport. And um, that's no knock on him. He had a great major league career, right? And that just goes to show you what an incredible athlete he was in playing all these other sports. And of course, he prepped at PCC too. So, uh, but my point of uh, bringing up Mr. Robinson is that um, Jackie Robinson's achievement is something to be celebrated because. It, it was, it wasn't just him. It was so many people before him that were held back. They weren't allowed to play, right? They, they weren't allowed to be a part of, uh, of, uh, major league baseball that it was, you know, segregated and, and they weren't allowed. There was something that prohibited him. Uh, there was a struggle, right? So for what he achieved for him to be the first, uh, black man to play major league baseball was incredibly significant. What, what I find now today in 2022 is that so many times in sports, especially we are seeing, oh, this is the first ever. This is the first woman, uh, first base coach. This is the first, uh, I, 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 I'm running out of, uh, of analogies. This is the, the first, well, see, this shows you how little I care about. I, I don't care that uh, I, I always look at football, basketball, uh, my taxes, my, who I work with. I just look at who's best for the job. Like who, who, what you look like is, has little to do with, with your skill, in my opinion. I mean, I, I know that's an extreme opinion and uh, some would, some would think that is a uh, very radical, but, but I sure don't. So my point of this is that 
I, I feel anytime somebody says this, this really bothers me. Anytime somebody says, oh man, she is, or he is, the, this is the, the Jackie Robinson of whatever. It's like, really? Was, was that person being persecuted, called every name uh, in the book, uh, called awful things that we can't even comprehend? Were, were they getting death threats? Was their family getting death threats? I, I think it's just like we, we are too liberal with the word brave and courage, you know, courageous these days. I feel Jackie Robinson's struggle was, was real. It's way before my time, of course. And I just feel like in today's world, anytime there's somebody, maybe it's the first whoever, because the whoever's before him, her, whatever, weren't interested in the, this, that specific job or that uh, field, we'll say. Look, my mom was one of the first uh, vi- big vice presidents in Bank of America history. It was uh, was among the uh, achieved amazing things. And she wasn't handed. I've said this before on the podcast. She wasn't handed that. My mother earned every inch of what she achieved, and it wasn't because she had to. She was checking some box. Okay, uh, the, America is so beautiful in the sense we have so many people from so many different backgrounds. We're a nation of immigrants. My, my grandfather was Mexican-American. My, my grandmother was French-Canadian. Two kind of polar opposites, right? But I, I just, it, it just bothers me. I, I feel like, and no one ever, has ever examined publicly did diminish what Jackie Robinson did. Um, I just feel that for, for his era, and it's, there were other sports too. I mean, the LA Rams, were among uh, the first to, to have uh, black football players. Um, and, and a time, again, where there was just tremendous segregation. But anytime someone, you're seeing a lot now, you're seeing a lot more um, female officials in, in higher levels. And I have, I've worked with a ton of female officials. It, is, it has nothing, it is not this like, oh, this is a boys club, stay out. No, it, it has nothing to do with that. It, it just, I, I often feel... We're just trying to overdo and outdo each other in every aspect of our lives. Uh, You know, Matt, you're the first five foot six umpire of all time. Well, that's not true, but it's like, okay, well, was there anything holding back five foot six umpires before me? No. Sometimes we want to crown achievements without there being a true struggle is what I'm trying to say. And maybe I'm your match. You're just arrogant. Uh, You don't know what struggle is. Uh, I've heard that before, uh, apparently I, yeah, but that's a whole nother story. Um, I, I just think in order to crown achievement, there has to be struggle, right? There has to be some type of, uh, rough path just cause you are the first of something doesn't mean you're the first best of something. Like, I don't know if there's nothing truly holding you back, uh, or, or people holding you back before I will admit right here. Sure, there have been moments in time where people have been held back. I just brought up Jackie Robinson specifically. People were were kept off of, uh, you know. But you could you could make the, the argument like, uh, what comes to mind? Uh, the dream team. Isaiah Thomas is left off the dream team, even though his coach. Um, oh, what is their coach? Why is my, see? Sometimes I mind. Uh, the Detroit Pistons coach. You guys are screaming at you, screaming at my name. Uh, their coach was the coach of the dream team. And some would say, well, why was Isaiah left off it? Well, 
was there a feud between Magic and Bird and Michael Jordan? I don't know. The dream team ended up being uh, who the dream team was. And was there other reasons? I don't think you can go uh, prejudice or anything because that wouldn't kind of work. But anyway, I hope my rant makes sense. If I'm dead wrong, tell me. Matt, you're just some white dude from Glendora who doesn't know any better. And, and you, you grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth, uh, which is far from the truth. But anyway. Uh, congrats to the Robinson family, seeing the kids there and the grandkids and Rachel Robinson still, still hanging in there. You know, she's definitely older and struggling and, but it's so nice to see her smiling face every year there at Dodger stadium. And it was really, really special to see on, uh, on Friday night, watching the Dodger game honoring Jackie Robinson. And then the, uh, UCLA game side by side with my two TVs, right. It's, a, it's the only way to watch, uh, ball games. If you're going to watch a game, might as well watch two, right. Uh, and that brings me to a point too, when you see, man, I've said this before, I think in football, but when you see college baseball and major league baseball side by side, literally at the same time, that's when you can really tell a difference. You, I mean, you, if you go to a game one night and a game the next night, it's like, oh man, maybe I don't see a huge difference besides maybe the size of the guys. But when you see it side by side, a side by side comparison is so important whenever we're comparing uh, anything really. Um, this happened a lot, uh, during, when was that? I, I did that a little with like college hockey and NHL hockey. It's like, oh yeah, there's a big difference here. I think baseball for whatever reason, uh, maybe because of the age thing and a lot of younger baseball players, I, I don't know a lot of, I hear all the time about, uh, well, it's, it's pretty much the same as, as pro football or as, uh, you know, uh, college baseball. That's basically like triple a baseball. It's like, no, it's not. Not even close. I, I, I didn't set foot on a triple a AAA baseball field in my, well, actually I did spring training stuff, but that's a different story. Um, it, it's just, when you have that side-by-side -side comparison, you can really, really tell. Right. And it's like having, when you think your player's really good and then, Oh, you see this other guy in another team. Oh man, they're just as good. Then you put them in the same game together and it's like, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. That guy's way different than our guy or vice versa. Right. So uh, I, I, I often get a kick out of that in seeing uh, the same sport at different levels side by side. And you can say the same thing, like in August, we'll have college football kicking off and some high school game, random high school games, right? Even some of the best high school football in the country, you put them side by side and it's like, oh yeah, there's a huge difference here. Like, like the, the people say, oh, Alabama would destroy the Jaguars. I don't know that Alabama would get a first down. And I mean that. Um, but anyway, we'll save those discussions for, uh, you know, uh, dog days of summer when there's not much to talk about. Uh, all right. Elon Musk. You guys have heard of him, right? The, uh, the, the very rich, very wealthy uh, atheist guy that makes electric cars that now is terrifying the left. Yes, I just said those words. Um, this goes to show you just how terrified um, people are. <laughs> left it's like this guy checks a lot of your uh boxes too right i mean he, he's an african-american south africa right south african um he uh like i said i don't think he's i don't think he, elon musk is some like super secret conservative or something by any means i don't know a ton about the guy i just know that everything he kind of touches uh turns turns profitable turns successful and from my understanding of, of his bid with twitter it's like you know, why don't we get back to having a marketplace of ideas to have a, uh, having true free speech? I joked earlier saying, 
inflation so high that uh, you can't even get free speech anymore. Um, which maybe that, that would have been the better punchline. Anyway, I'm, I'm working on these things, guys. Um, but Elon Musk, look at, I, I listen to people who, who are intelligent, who are wiser than me, which is most of the planet. Um, Elon Musk had a, a great quote about uh, what woke is. And uh, I've heard it repeatedly on the Dennis Prager show because he fell in love with it. And uh, I, I just... I just want you guys to hear this if you haven't heard it already. Um, let me see. I, I will find it here. I promise. But Elon Musk, I don't know that he's going to make the world, you know, snap his fingers and make the world a better place. I do know this, that there has been uh, a ton of censorship, as I mentioned here repeatedly on the podcast. And, and for those saying that it's like, well, yeah, it's just, but it's, you know, you can't have people saying whatever they want. Uh, whenever they want, we have rules. Yes, we do. We have laws and and, um, you know, policy, there, there's a standard that's set, you know, um, libel, slander, th those are things that are already like set in place. You can't say something that's illegal, uh, but to have opinions, to censor opinions the way, so not just Twitter is done, but social media uh, is truly astonishing. And, and, if, and if you're really in favor of all that, um, then how come it's only going one way? How many left-wing people have truly been censored? How many left? How many left-wing ideas out there have have been uh, taken off the internet? Maybe we're just saying it, there's only one side that is right. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but it just appears to me that it, it seems to only be uh, going in one direction. And like I said, I don't think Elon Musk is some big-time uh, big-time conservative or anything. Um, let's see. There it is. Okay. I love this quote. Um, I don't remember where this, this was, where he gave this interview, uh, began the interview. I think maybe it was with the, uh, you know, let's see, maybe with it. Okay. It was with the Babylon B, which I know is satirical and even take, 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 take it, take this man, slow down, man. The, the Babylon B, which openly publishes satirical news information they get censored. They're, they're literally saying, this is satire. Look it up. Satire. It's not quite science, even though science is all over the place these days, but it's just, it's, they're jokes, basically. And uh, anyway, Musk had this quote, and I thought this was just phenomenal. Uh, spelling was humorous. Okay. At its heart, wokeness is divisive, exclusionary, and hateful. It basically gives mean people a shield to be mean and cruel, armored in false virtue. I think we can get a lot from that quote right there. We have seen so much virtue signaling the past two or three years, and I can't stand it. Everyone, you know, and, and if you don't stand with everyone, uh, you know, waving a, a flag or doing something to your social media, well, then if you don't publicly denounce uh, something, then you're that you must be in favor of this other subject or you might. And it's like wokeness woke is supposed to be this, like we're changing the world. We're, we're, it's an awakening, right? The woke, but the past few years, if you really think about it, those who are the most woke really are the most cruel. Another Dennis Prager quote, I share with you guys some of the things I hear from him and other people, because I can't think of anything better. Those who are cruel to the uh, kind to the cruel will be cruel to the kind. That's a Dennis Prager quote. I think it falls in line there with the uh, the Elon Musk quote 
uh, about uh, false virtue, armored and false virtue. You can't yell at me. My idea is not bad. I have, I have virtue and I'm wrapped around it. I've seen that a lot. It's pretty crazy. But anyway, I don't know who, you know, Elon Musk, if he's, he's some kind of savior or anything. I just think he wants to make uh, Twitter uh, an, uh, an open place for discussion, for ideas. Uh, you shouldn't be getting your news from Twitter. You shouldn't be get your, getting your science from Twitter, your doctor. Though, it's okay to have those discussions and those opinions on a platform like Twitter. If you truly are worried about your health, would you go to Twitter? I doubt it. You know, if, if you may, you may see some things there and go like, oh, that's interesting. Much like we would do for like sports takes or opinions. But honestly, you would probably go to somebody who, ha- who is uh, knowledgeable about the sport as an example. So again, I don't know, Elon Musk, everyone, you know, uh, everyone worshiped him because he's, you know, he, he's creates all these jobs. He, oh, electric cars, the most famous electric car in the, in the, on the planet right now. Right. And, and now he wants to kind of make a move here to, to take over Twitter and people on the left specifically, but you hear it. And then all the news media outlets, oh man, what does this mean? No, it's, it's more valuable to us because value there's a value in controlling what people hear in every uh every uh, every opposition to freedom and liberty throughout history has has done that limit what people hear control what they control what they hear control them and so i i don't think elon musk doesn't strike me as a guy he's got everything and maybe someone that rich and powerful uh, you know, maybe that is a recipe for disaster. I don't know. But I do know that the same news media outlets complaining that a billionaire can't take this over. This is terrible for democracy are the same people in the Washington Post who are owned by Jeff Bezos. Uh, as an example, um, Bezos in the New York Times, some other billionaire owns uh, Steve, not Steve Jobs, his wife. Steve, one of, one of the, uh, the widows. But it's amazing. It's, it's truly amazing. Everything is like, it's backwards. That's not even the word. It's like, you can't do what we're doing over here. I was like, what? That's when I used to like umpire and, and hear teams behave that way. Uh, grown men acting like children. And you had to tell them that, well, they did this, they did that. It's like, oh my goodness. So uh, Elon Musk, we'll see what happens. Anything that kind of triggers the left side of the aisle, I, I'm generally in favor for and not always in favor for but this doesn't seem like such a bad idea that um someone uh, you want you just ask yourself why why are people skeptical of, of elon musk why are they fearful of him now why you know what why is him what what would be what would he do that would be such a threat to you in my opinion uh certain groups in this country have gotten so used to censorship and having the power having that control that I think they're a little fearful of, uh, of losing that. So uh, there's all kinds of bad people on Twitter, bad ideas. Sometimes you need to hear bad ideas to know that they are bad ideas, right? And, and formulate your own opinion. Um, I, 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 I survived, I should get a shirt that says I survived college because it's better, that means more than the degree, right? You just, you get through it. You hear all these crazy ideas and you just, you, you almost know, you should know by hearing them. Oh yeah, that's, that's not a good idea. But sometimes people deliver messages well and that's how masses get manipulated. Anyway, enough of Elon Musk. We'll stay tuned with what happens there. But I think the fact that it is uh, driving, uh, driving them uh, crazy uh, and the uh, mainstream media is rather, rather hilarious. 
Okay. I was watching that Dodger game. This is just something small, something small, but it's kind of bothered me. I remember going to Dodger games and I pay attention to all the details of Dodger games as a kid. And uh, I used to love, you go to a Dodger game and then they'd always have the Dodger logo for the on-deck circle. And then the other team, they had their own, the New York Giants, San Diego Padres. And I was like, man, the Dodgers have one for every team. That is so awesome. And sure enough, that was one of the, no matter what game I went to over the years, I'd always check that on-deck circle. And maybe I haven't been to a game in years and just missed this, but I saw the game on TV the other night and it was just 276 gas station logos. And I'm thinking to myself, People want an escape from the gas prices and you're going to put them onto the baseball field. What are you doing? You just took away one of my childhood memories of seeing the on-deck circles and you're going to put, of all things, gas prices. We're not prices, but I mean, yeah, why don't you just put uh, what a cost of unleaded is a gallon uh, on the uh, on-deck circles? Why don't we do that? And then we'll think twice about going to pay for our uh, $14 chip, which I've been doing a game a while, but um yeah, just something small. I'm like, oh man, you know, I don't, I don't like some change is good. And there's been a ton of renovations at Dodger stadium. That, that looks, looks pretty awesome. looks like a great place to, uh, to hang out. Um, but uh, I, man, I, I just, that, that struck me. It's funny. The things that, that strike you, you're just like, ah, anyway. Okay. Where are we at? 30 minutes, uh, two quick hits here. And then we're going to get into our baseball segment um, that I talked to you guys about last week. Uh, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield to me, they are the same dude. They're the same dude, uh, both Oklahoma guys. Uh, I don't know if that means anything, um, but they also were transfer guys who came from other schools to eventually play at Oklahoma Heisman trophy winners. Um, they just are so childish in my opinion, Baker complaining that he didn't get a fair shot that this, that, that, uh, I absolutely love it. Cause I've, I've been a, I've, I've, I've not liked this guy for a long time. Um, cause I've seen right through him. Kyler Murray. I was always a little more like, okay, he seems like a quiet dude, little guy. He can move, you know, does he run more than he throws? I don't know. I think Kyler's an exceptional talent, but again, he's had what, two, two years or is it three years? I think it's two seasons he's had. And uh, let's see, Kingsbury last year. I think it's only two seasons, but anyway, um, I, I just, this, you, you quarter, the quarterback of the team is the leader of the team. Okay. We all know they're eventually going to be the highest paid guys on the team. All right. The Browns saw what they saw, what they saw with Baker Mayfield. Didn't want to commit to him long-term. They ended up paying some other guy, the highest paid quarterback deal ever, which says a lot, I think to about Baker Mayfield and maybe um, him thinking he's a, a bigger, you know, I don't know, higher on the list of great quarterbacks in the league. Um, but to me, he's always just been this immature guy. And he goes on a podcast and he's talking bad about the brands, the Browns and everything. It's like, dude, you got to keep it up. Joe Montana ended up leaving the 49ers and went to another team just because they, they were done with him. Uh, and, and I don't think he was traded. I think he, I think he, I don't know if he was released or not. I got the knowledge. I, I should look these things up, but I just try to remember it as I remember it. Uh, Peyton Manning uh, went to another team was, you know, was a lifelong cold. And it's like, some of these guys get so offended by this stuff. It's like, wait a minute, you couldn't, you went from one school to another in college. Why was that? Why did you do that? It was the best decision for you, right? Now, now an organization that invests money into you, it, it, they, they need to commit to you because you think you're better than you are? Sorry, Bake. Enjoy, uh, I'm going to call you a Carolina clipboard because that's probably where you're going. Baker Mayfield. And Kyler Murray, look, man, I know you run around a lot, but, but do you deserve the big contract yet? All these other rookie quarterbacks 
uh, the rookie deals, they, they played out their four-year deals or whatever it was. Um, you know, Dak Prescott had to wait. The, the uh, Patrick Mahomes didn't wait as long, but he's, you know, a generational talent. Um, who else got big time deal? I mean, guys get deals that, that sign the big contract four or five, you know, whatever, however long that rookie deal is. It's like, no, you committed. And he's talking about sitting out the whole season. I'm like, this is a bad look on you, man. You're supposed to be the face of the franchise and the team leader. And this is how it just, it's very like a tantrum from both of these guys right now. And, and honestly, I, I didn't say, I won't say I called it, but I, I had my suspicions about each of those guys, especially Baker Mayfield. And I know he won a playoff game in Cleveland and they, that's basically hanging a banner in that city. Uh, but come on, man, you can't be the guy that is like, I'm going to hold out. I deserve $40 million a year. I, I haven't won a playoff game yet in, in Kyler Murray. I had one uh, winning season really. Um, and you're pro- right now. Let's see. And I would argue you're the third best quarterback in the division. You were when Russell was there anyway. So money talks, but performance talks also. And when guys bring their business publicly like that, I think it's a bad look. And now I'm the guy sitting here who's never going to make near $5 million, let alone $40 million a year, which is what I'm sure he's uh, seeking. But there's just a, I don't know, there's a better way to do things. I think the guys that have come before him, I remember Russell Wilson kind of did something like this a few years ago, but he wasn't talking about, you know, sitting out the whole season and it wasn't in his like third year of playing football. You got to wait your, you got to wait your time. You got to pay your dues. Um, you know, the Baltimore Ravens uh, quarterback, Lamar, Lamar Jackson, he's waiting for his big deal. He'll probably get it here soon. I think he deserves it more than Kyler Murray does. As an example, you pay your dues, you be a pro, your time will come. You're not going to miss out on anything. If you truly do believe in yourself, your performance is going to make you even more money than you could have imagined. That's, that is uh, coming from a, uh, you know, an unemployed, not unemployed, but a, a, a free podcaster here, just, just rambling into a mic. So what do I know? Anyway, those two guys rubbed me the wrong way. All right, let's get to the segment here. I talked to you guys about last week. We're going to talk some baseball slang. And then also there's a baseball rule this week that I want to address. And it actually, uh, I think we're going to dive into it here with uh, some video. So for those watching on YouTube, I got a great uh, clip from my buddy Maynard Bajorquez, Captain Maynard Bajorquez from the uh, West Point graduate doing great work out there in the DC area, I believe so. So uh, Maynard asked me a great question regarding uh, a hit by pitch. Now hit by pitch, uh, we all know you get hit by the pitch, you get first base. Um, but there's some other elements, uh, that go into it specifically college baseball. Now MLB and high school, some of these rules are related, but I'll try to dissect each one for those of you who are maybe umpiring or watching games or whatever. Um, for those watching a lot of college baseball, I'll go to that one right now, because that is the one that is probably the most confusing we'll say. So I do have a video here that I want to pull up regarding the hit by pitch. And we're going to discuss today about when you're hit by a pitch, uh, are you rewarded first base every time? Is it ever a strike? Um, is there ever a time, you know, rolling into a pitch, getting hit on purpose? We're going to uh, have a conversation, stuff like that. So I do want to pull up some video here first. Okay. So the first, uh, well, the only play we're going to look at today and uh, just talk about if you're just listening on audio is, is a hit by pitch in a college game. And Maynard sent me this clip and I was like, Hey, I actually know uh, the guys who were on this crew. Uh, one of my former roommates was on the bases. 
Uh, and uh, we talked about this play. So I do want to make sure. Yeah. Okay. So here's the play here. If you guys can see, uh, this is uh, Northridge, I believe, and uh, Loyola Marymount. And it is a, a one run game. I believe the tying run is on second base, maybe third base. But anyway, I will run this. There's two outs in the ninth here. Um, and uh, let's let this run here. So uh, two outs, two strikes. I'm, I'm not sure what uh, how many balls there are, but here comes the pitch. And the pitch is inside. Uh, the batter does kind of roll. Maybe stick his knee out. Now, I personally, when I saw this, I didn't think this was enough to, to rule on what uh, they ended up ruling on. But um, the umpire, the plate umpire here ruled that the batter did intentionally get hit by the pitch. He rolled his knee into the pitch. And in college, so he rolls his knee in, plate umpire says, no, you rolled your knee in. That's a strike. You stuck your knee out, got hit by the pitch. The game is over. Okay. Um, in college baseball, they were trying to get this out of the game for, for a long time. And they eventually came up to this rule uh, a couple years ago. And they basically said that if a batter intentionally gets hit by the ball, no matter where the pitch is, it will be a dead ball strike. So the way the rule used to be and the way the rule is in high school and um, in major league baseball, I haven't done high school in a while in a while. I don't think this has changed a whole lot uh, was that if you moved into a pitch, you intentionally moved your body to get hit by the baseball. It was a dead ball. It always is a dead ball, but you were not awarded first base. You, you, you basically by rule, you still rule what the pitch would have been. Um, if the umpire felt you stuck your arm into the strike zone and the pitch was a strike, then it would be a dead ball strike. If you already had two strikes on you, then it would be strike three. Well, college baseball, what they did a couple of years ago is they say any intentionally hit batter, intentionally hit batter, um, shouldn't say that because that is uh, revolves around a pitcher throwing at a, intentionally throwing at a a batter, but I'll say it just for lack of another term right now. Um, if a batter gets, if a batter hits the ball, not with his bat, but with his body. Okay. That's how you basically roll on this. Did the batter hit the ball with his body or, uh, hit the pitch with his body or hit the ball with his body or did the ball hit the batter? Okay. They kind of took out of the rule book. It used to be, you had to make an attempt to move. That's not true anymore. If the ball is in the batter's box where the hitter is, okay, and you want to wear that and be a good teammate and get first base, then, then you're entitled to that. But what they don't want is a movement into a pitch, sticking your arm out. A ball that would not have hit you uh, had you not moved. If you cause it to hit you, then you intentionally moved into the pitch. And therefore, in college, no matter if it, would have, if it, if it bounced, if it was over your head, as a way to prohibit that, it is a strike. Now in professional baseball and high school baseball, it still is no, where was the pitch? Uh, what would the pitch have been? It's always a dead ball. So no one, no one advances um, on the bases, it's a dead ball. And if the umpire feels you moved into a pitch, um, usually that means it, it, it's not too often it would be a strike, but I have called it a strike before when a guy just stuck his elbow right in the strike zone. Um, uh, then then yes, you would say ball time. No, no, stay right here. If it was ball four and it was going to be a ball, then then of course you'd get your base. Now you're asking probably at home, well, what about if you're outside the batter's box? If your arm is hanging outside the batter's box or outside that that imaginary plane that is the batter's box, 
you you didn't move into it, but you just stood there and took it. No, if you move, the, the batter's box is yours. If you are hanging outside the batter's box, then you will, again, have, you will be officiated as having moved into the pitch because your arm is not supposed to be outside the strike zone, right? Um, uh, outside the batter's box and inside the, the strike zone, I should say. Now, when everybody swings, right, it's a different thing, uh, but that is intentionally uh, offering at a pitch. Now, this is a rule that is universal, basically, um, some people get confused by this, which I don't understand if a pitch comes in and it hits the batter, but he swings at the pitch. Okay. The, again, anytime the pitch hits the batter, the ball's dead balls, dead, no advance. Um, it's either he's awarded first base or it's a dead ball ball, or it's a dead ball strike. If you have two strikes, it's not like a foul ball. It is a strike three ball is dead. You're out. Um, this happens a lot on check swings pitches that come up high and in on guys where they start, they're like, they're trying to get out of the way, but their hands have started. They get them in a real awkward situation. And it's a really tough call to officiate, uh, especially as a plate guy, because you're always between the batter and the catcher. So you're on that, in that interior side of uh, the plate, what's called the slot. And so when that pitch comes in, the catcher's going up to get it. The batter's trying to dodge and his hands are in your eyesight. So it really is helpful there for your base guy to, uh, to help you out there. But a lot of times coaches will complain. He wasn't swinging at that. He was, he was trying to get out of the way. Did he clear, did he offer at the pitch, right? Which is ultimately the ruling college has a check swing where if the front barrel goes past the barrel goes past the front hip. But anyway, again, I'm, I'm trying to keep this, uh, <laughs> this brief. Um, it is a tough sell to be like, well, he wasn't really trying to hit that baseball, but at the same time, if your bat goes way through the zone, as you're trying to, you should have got away a little, got out of the way better, I guess is if it looks like a swing nine times out of 10, it's going to be called a swing. Right. Um, and, and again, for, for those out there who will complain the other way, just cause you see a lot of bad action also getting out of the way of the pitch doesn't mean you offered at the pitch, but again, it's a judgment call. And uh, for some reason, guys get hit by the, you see this, even in the big leagues, guys get hit by the ball and, and they'll check right away. Did it hit? Um, not, they're not checking to see, oh, did it hit his hands? They're checking, hey, do we have a swing? So we know where to go from here. Because if we, if, we, if we do have a swing, then no one's getting first base. If we don't have a swing, well, then they hit him, he's going to first base. And then it turns into, well, no, but foul ball. Anyway, Maynard, I hope that answered your question. Uh, back to this, if you do, Look at, see the umpire here. I disagree with the call, especially kind of uh, in the game situation here. Um, but let me see. Do you see kind of that right knee plant his foot like he's going to swing? And then to me, he just turns. I don't think there's an extension of the knee, but again, I'm not, I'm not in that situation. The plate umpire made the best call he thought possible. Now, uh, according to the rules, as, as far as mechanics go, he did the right thing here. Time. The ball did hit him. Uh, it, it's irrelevant if he moved his knee into the strike zone or not, because um, in college, if you intentionally move into the pitch as ruled by the umpire, then it will in fact be uh, a dead ball strike, no matter where it is. If this same play happened in a major league game, the guy rolled his knee into the pitch. If it was, it, if it was in the batter's box, it would be a ball, obviously. And if it was if the plate umpire felt it would have been a strike, then he can call a strike. I hope that answered everybody's, well, Mainer's question and to everyone else out there going, okay, Matt, we get it. That is our baseball rule for this week. Talking a little bit about hit by pitch. And I want to throw a few uh, baseball slang terms uh, out as we depart today. 
as I said, I would do last week talking about baseball rules and baseball slang. Um, just a few terms out there. Let me see. Oh, I have another segment that I want you guys to think about for next week. Send me an email uh, just as a, as, a, as a taste of the next week's Tuesday show. I started to write down things, in my opinion, that have started to ruin sports. Different things, many different sports that have uh, could be rules, could be policies, could be stuff that happens on the field, could be stuff that happens uh, after games. Think it over, but I have some ideas as to a few items that I feel have uh, are starting to ruin sports. The USFL opened this weekend, by the way. I thought it was great. I think it's really weird. They're playing every game in one stadium. There's eight teams, four games every weekend, all in Birmingham, Alabama. But uh, hey, good for the, the people there in Birmingham getting all the football they want. I'll be tuning in, watching every week. I'd much rather watch a minor league football game than an NBA playoff game. And uh, we'll definitely watch some football over some of the uh, some of the atrocious baseball I've been watching. But anyway, some baseball slang for you guys. I uh, wrote a few down. And again, I, I know a lot of you guys uh, know, know your terms and everything. But uh, just a, just a few. I thought we'd, we'd throw around here. Um, let me see. Let me see. What is just a couple? Have you heard the term seeing eye single? How about that? That's an easy one. Oh man, that was a, that was a ground ball with eyes. That was a seeing eye single. And that is a ball that's hit that looks like it had eyes on it because it went maybe past the shortstop and the second baseman got by, past the third baseman and just past the, past the pitcher, past the third baseman, Pat, like there were three or there were two or three different gloves on it, but it was almost looking like the ball knew the gloves were there and kind of went right around the gloves and uh, spilled into the outfield. So that's when you, when you hear that term, man, I was a seeing, seeing eye single. I used to think, uh, I thought it was a kid. I was hearing that term said, I go a C and I like the letters, a C and I single. What does that mean? Contact and intense. I was like, what is this? And so finally years later, I was like, Oh, seeing I single. Okay. I get it. I get it. Uh, what is one more? Well, maybe one or two more we can do today. Uh, let me see. Oh, in a related note, an ugly finder. We used to call this uh yellow man. There's an ugly finder, usually a line drive in the stands. That's a little, that's a little, uh, a little heartless to say, but uh, into the opposing dugout. I mean, anytime as a catcher and an umpire line drive foul ball into the opposing dugout. Oh, ugly finder. And some guys get offended, get all, oh, you know, pissed off or whatever, because guys aren't as uh, tough as they used to be mentally anymore. But uh, yeah, an ugly finder, uh, a, a, a quick line drive, uh, usually a foul ball that's coming right at you that uh, is kind of a, a, a way to put down uh, the other team. Uh, let me give you guys one more today before we wrap it up. Um, and excuse me, swing. That's the swing you see where you kind of start your hands, but you, you hold back. You're not really trying to swing. You're trying to hold up, but then that, that darn baseball hits your bat uh, by accident. And it usually is a, a little tapper to the pitcher and a guy's just pissed that he, he started and stopped and it just hit his bat anyway. You know, excuse me. I didn't mean to do that basically is where that comes from. So next time you're watching a game, look for the seeing eye single, look for that ugly finder. Cause usually guys on the, uh, will be laughing about it. Cause uh, unless it hits someone or hurts someone, of course, but uh, usually it scares the, uh, the guys in the dugout too. So that's a reason to be like, ah, ugly finder. And then uh, of course that excuse me swing. So uh, we dove into a, a baseball rule today and we also 
uh, learned a few slang terms. Man, I'm right at an hour with this conversation, the conversation with this ramble today. It's all my fault. I do apologize going a little long, but I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Be sure to check us out on Friday. I got a conversation with someone you guys will definitely enjoy. Be sure to look at our social media platforms uh, to see who is coming on. The That information will be posted sometime on Thursday for the Friday episode. And if you haven't had a chance, please go back and check out my Friday conversation with Tony Padilla, Padilla last weekend that uh, was just truly phenomenal, inspirational. We talk a lot of baseball today, but uh, you, you want to learn something about the game of basketball. Go check that uh, conversation out with uh, NCAA Final Four basketball official, Tony Padilla. I had a, a lot of fun with him. Uh, guys, have a great rest of your week. Once again, happy holidays. I'm just kidding. Happy Easter to everyone out there. And uh, here we are, man. It's springtime. Who knows? Summer will be here before you know it. And uh, then it's almost start talking football. But for now, it's, uh, it's baseball time. And uh, we got spring football, the USFL going, uh, playoff hockey here in a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, if, if you're – if if the batteries, you know, run out on your mic and your microphone on your, uh, on your uh, remote control and you happen to land on an NBA playoff game. Well, Hey, it's, it, it's all good. Hey, you know, it's, we all gotta, we all gotta watch something, right? Although there's a lot of better things to watch out there as well. Guys have a great week. We will see you on Friday with another fun conversation. You don't want to miss it. Thanks for bearing with me today. And hopefully you guys learned a little something or two about baseball and just how crazy and, and wild Matt's opinions can be. I don't, I said myself in the third person, I, I, I need some coffee. It's I'm enough. I'm done. Anyway, guys, we'll see you on Friday, but guys, as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.